going back, so people are listening to this now. Say that out of the minority, there'll be a small bunch of people that might not have heard of Tony Lodge before. Okay, ninety percent. Yes, I think it's probably higher than that. Oh, it's just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's probably higher than that. Yeah. On this podcast mainly, but no, just in general. No, no. Yeah. Would say would say high. As, as I said, you've done some incredible, incredible work. You said mentioned that you're twenty nine years of age, right? Mm. When do you think you're already thirty? Aren't you? I am. Yeah. When do you think? How long ago was it that this was never even in the picture for you? Two years ago. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's how quickly life changed. Yeah. Talk me through that moment of like changing because you actually, I think what we can maybe, if you're happy to go to, and I'd love to talk about the death of your mum, mm-hmm. your mum passing, yep. to then show what that changed in the timeline mm-hmm. of your life. What what happened? How'd you find out? And what did that change for you? So I was 18. I just turned 18 and um, my mum was like um, super fit. She went to the gym and did PT every morning. Uh, She'd wake up at 5 a.m. She'd go to the gym. She'd do PT for an hour. Um, She'd like have a shower, do her hair and everything at the gym. Then she'd go to work. She'd work all day. She'd come home. She'd make us dinner. She'd do all that stuff. We'd go out and do fun things on the weekend. Like she was super healthy, super fit, just like always going out, always doing stuff. And um, all of a sudden she got like a bit wobbly on her feet And we were like, oh, that's like not really you. And um, her GP was like, you're obviously really stressed. You need to take a bit of time off. And then a week later they were like, she just got really weak in one side of her body. Mm -hmm. They were like, okay, we think you've had a stroke. And which was shocking because she was so healthy and like she wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, she's doing everything right, which is the scariest thing. Because when you think about someone getting cancer, you go, oh, well, if you had lung cancer, it's probably because you smoked your whole life, you know, or whatever. And, like, she she was doing everything right. Like, she just didn't deserve anything to go wrong for her. And then she, yeah, she got really weak. They thought she'd had a stroke and she took, they took, we took her to the hospital and um, we were all standing around and, um, and she goes, oh, I I haven't had a stroke. And I was like, oh, my God, great. Like, you're fine. Mm. And she was like, but I have a brain tumour. And I was 18 and all I was worried about was, like, having a job at Coles and going to uni. And that was all I, you know, knew. That was, like, my whole life was just working and going to uni and saving up money to go out and drink on the weekend and whatever. And then that just, like, changed everything because all of a sudden it wasn't saving money for that. It was saving money for fuel so I could visit mum at the hospital mm. and saving money to pay for parking at the hospital and balancing, working at Coles, working at uni, doing uni stuff and also trying to, like, when she wasn't in the hospital, we had to care for her at home. Um, she got really sick really, really fast and um, immediately started chemo and radiation. Um, and it was re- just really awful. Like, I don't really, there's probably not really a a better way to put it than it was just awful. And, I mean, everyone loves their mum. I mean, even families that, you know, are a bit fractured or, you know, you don't have to best, the best relationship, I think there's always, like, some amount of, like, understanding. But mum was, like, my best mate and so that was just really hard. I'm the youngest of four siblings as well. Um, my So my siblings are, like, 10, 12 and 13 years older than me. Mm. Um, So I'm the youngest by a way and I was still at uni but they were all like married and had kids. They had their own lives but I still lived at home. Like my mum, was that was just everything. And so when that changed, when she got sick, she was only sick for 11 months before she passed away so it was quite quick. Then I turned 19 and I was like, well, I'm little like it's not even about like oh, I'm I'm still young. It's like so I was young. I was little. Like I was still a kid, 
And I didn't know how to deal with that. None of my friends at the time knew how to deal with that. So that was really hard because I didn't have a lot of personal support outside of my family because no one understand, like no one has any emotional intelligence at that age. I barely did. So expecting people that were my mates to understand that or to know even how to respond or what to say, of like of course they couldn't do that. Mm. They couldn't really be there for me. I didn't know what I needed from them. I just felt angry and upset and confused. Um, so I ended up leaving uni um, and just to try and figure out what I wanted to do, whether I even wanted to keep going to uni or it was just it was just the weirdest thing. And I think because all my family was grieving and taking it so hard, I think that I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be the one that's not doing, not like, you know, I'm going to be there for everybody else. And then so it was also like suppressing all of that grief and all of those feelings that I hadn't processed pushed all of that down and I was like, all right, well, I just need to be fine. I have to be fine because there's no other way. I don't have anybody to lean on. Um, And then so I went back to uni and I was like, yep, okay, cool, all good, this is fine. Mm. Um, And then I ended up finishing uni, I got a job and when I moved, just before I moved away for my first job, I um, like got really sick because I just hadn't dealt with anything and I think yeah it's just that same thing like you just don't know what to do it's such a weird situation to find yourself in because there's no handbook to deal with what happens when someone dies or even like being young you turn to your rely on your parents and your family a lot for advice and all of a sudden the person who was giving me all my advice was gone and so I was like am I making the right choices and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I honestly can't imagine how tough and difficult that would have been. Mm. I listened to a podcast a while ago and it was with Jimmy Carr mm-hmm. and uh, the Diary of CEO with Stephen. Yeah. Bartlett. Yeah, Bartlett. That's it. And he was speaking about comedians and they often say to each other, and you're an incredibly humorous person, okay? You use your humor. You're incredibly infectious with your love and all this sort of thing you do. Thank you. And a lot of the questions I ask people that are very humorous is they say, what happened? in your childhood that made you mm. deal with things in humour. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that in a triggering way at all. I mean, do you think that by For this sure. happening that made you then like try and, you know, you make jokes to make people feel comfortable and mm-hmm. you try and bring your family and your brothers and things together. Like I know for a fact that that's uh, – once I heard that, I thought, fuck, that was the same thing that I used to maybe try and do when things weren't going well at home. You try and make your mum and sister laugh or your dad, yeah. you know, to try and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Was that a part of it or was yeah. it – Yeah. I think – I think as Australians as well, we automatically go into like self-deprecating humour. That's like a very Australian yeah. thing. I was actually watching, um, you know, Celia Pacola, the stand-up. Um, mm. She's in like Rose Haven and um, she's about to host the new seasons of Thank God You're Here. Wow. Anyway, she's this great stand-up. I was watching one of her old specials and she said there's this crazy thing as Australians where, um, where anywhere else people would go, oh, great job on X, Y, Z, and they go, thank you. In Australia, they go, great job on X, Y, Z, and you go, no, nah, it was fucked. <laughs> oh, no, nah, that was shit. Oh, no, nah, I did a bad job at that. Like instantly you reject people giving that to you, and that's always been my brand of humour was like self-deprecating. And like growing up pretty chubby, not that popular, I think it was like if I make fun of myself first, I get to do it before anybody you else does. You disarm yourself. And it, yeah. it's, it's like uh, we, we speak about this one a bit, but the biggest lesson for me in that, and that's with my failures too of being, you know, not making it in footy and all these sorts of things, it's almost like 
by disarming yourself straight away, you people can't bag you. Yeah. People can't bully you. It's, you. Have you seen Eminem, 8 Mile? I haven't, but I... Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. That sorry. ruins the whole analogy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't use it. I can't use it. Well, you've got to lose yourself in the music. Yeah, the moment you know it, you yeah. know, and never let it go. You only get one shot, yeah, do that, not yeah, wish exactly. a chance to blow. Oh, well, this opportunity well, comes well, once so in a lifetime. Yeah, so that's yeah. basically it. You've yeah. nailed it. Um, the analogy Mom's there was... spaghetti. Thanks for bringing that up. She's dead. I'd love to eat her spaghetti. I'd give anything. Thanks for that. <laughs> you do this to me every day, by the way. People out there, it doesn't get any easier to come back at that one. Um, so I'll just cop that on the chin. Now. But don't you think that automatically you do that self-deprecating you do, thing? You do. You do. And you do it. And that's yeah. what. And I still do. And I did that as a kid and I do that now. And so it was like also making jokes like that, especially about mum, is like when you say to me like, oh, I was chatting to mum the other day. That's, like, so natural because you were chatting to me yep. the other day. I never have, like, a random excuse to bring it up without yeah. people either being like, oh, she's talking about a fucking dead mom again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or without feeling uncomfortable. And it was like, it's like now a knee-jerk thing of, like, I want to talk about her too. Yeah. You have, like, excuses to talk about your mum all the time because you just chatted to her or she's coming in today or whatever. But I never have that, like, real-life reason to bring her up. And so making a joke about it is kind of like, oh, I want to share this thing that she either would have found funny or whatever. I feel like it's like just a nice way to remind myself that like, you know? Yeah. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review or even share with one of your friends or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest or advertise with one of our podcasts and email hello at Thanks for tuning in. Iliac's X.